Hello, and welcome to the Stop Devaluation Podcast. I'm your host and founder of the Stop Devaluation Movement, Melody Hilton. The heart of this movement is to see the value in all of humanity and live courageous lifestyles of using our power for good instead of harm. We can affect change by choosing validation over judgment, and I hope you'll take your place and make a positive impact in this world. Welcome, everyone, to the Stop Devaluations My Story interview. And today we have Joy Renee Arnold with us. Thank you so much for being here, Joy. Oh, it's my pleasure. You know, I've learned it takes a whole lot of courage to share the painful chapters of our life story. And so, Joy, thank you so much for being so courageous today. You're welcome. You're right. It takes guts. (laughs) Yes, it does. So I know that the injustices that we've experienced just scream the message that we're not valuable. It just creates such deep trauma on the inside of us. And so these abuses of power often cause us to feel like we're powerless and uh, that we can't protect ourselves and we can't stop those things from happening over and over again in our life. And so, Joy, could you share with us your story of devaluation? Okay. Um, When I was eight years old, I was left with um, a gentleman and his sons and and, uh, another boy and I was gang raped by all of them at the time that created in me uh, a ton of shame and self-hatred from that point on I just couldn't understand what happened and because um, of the trauma of the whole thing I blocked it out immediately so even when my parents came home I couldn't remember any of it but my body remembered it and my heart remembered it. And so I embraced a self-destructive lifestyle after that. Yes. So how did that affect you? Well, it flipped a switch inside of me. So before that time, I thought that my father was the most fantastic, wonderful, terrific person. I admired him. I bragged about him. After that time, I hated him. Oh. But I couldn't understand why. And he couldn't understand why. Nobody could understand it. So they knew something was wrong, but nobody could figure out what was going on because I did the memory block. I didn't know. I even had a teacher come up to me at one point and say, what happened to you? Wow. And I was a second grader. I didn't know. So it changed my whole perspective. It changed your whole perspective, yeah. So how -hmm. did you view yourself? I thought it was a horrible person. I thought I was completely unlovable. Before that, I had been this bubbly, happy little girl. Any crowd, you'd pick me out because I was the cutest, most charming child. After that, I was angry Mm -hmm. and constantly trying to provoke other people to hate me because I hated myself. So I was doing everything that I could to prove to other people how awful I was. So how did that affect your emotional health as you began to get older? I was very self-destructive. I, everything that I was afraid of or I thought was terrible or horrible or wrong, I stepped into. Wow. To, to 
continuously proved to myself how awful I was. And the whole time I was having memories, but they weren't, I didn't realize they were memories. I thought that they, that I had terrible thoughts. Mm. So that just reinforced to myself that I was a terrible person. I kept having these thoughts, but they were actually memories of the incident that happened. But I thought I was wishing this stuff onto myself. Wow. So I, that it reinforced my idea that I was a terrible person. So did you struggle with depression or discouragement or things that affected your emotional health? Yes. I was extremely emotional. Um, in school, they put in my records that I was emotionally disturbed. Oh. And I was so angry with them for putting that in there. <laughs> Because they never talked to me about it. They didn't talk to my parents about it. They never did anything about it. They just put it in my record, and I saw it when I was 18, that I was emotionally disturbed. But then I got married and had my kids, and life progressed as normal. But I was very, very unhappy. Mm-hmm. And so my after my first child was born, the doctor put me on antidepressants. Wow. It tried to tell me that there was no reason for me to feel the way I felt because nobody knew. Yeah. We didn't know. And then um, when I was 27, one of the leaders in an organization that I belonged to went to a conference and he came back from it and he said that he had asked advice about how to help, help me because I was going to him for some counseling. And they suggested that I had a memory block. And my sister had just told me she had one. And so I was like open to that idea. I'd not heard of it before that, but I was open to that idea. So I went home and I thought about it and I prayed about it and my memory unlocked. And from what I've heard, it's not that uncommon. Um, I had my first daughter at that point and I've heard that it's not that uncommon because now I had this, I need to protect her from the same thing. So my memory unlocked when she was like five months old and I remembered the incident. And I was, you know, it sounds so stupid, but I was so relieved when my memory unlocked and I remembered the incident because then it wasn't, I had horrible thoughts. It was true memory. Yeah. And it wasn't, what's wrong with me? Now I knew. And once I knew where all of this hate, self-hatred and stuff came from, now I can try to deal with it. Yeah, that's huge. But during that period of time, I I spent uh, 20 years taking 15 pills a day. Wow to stay out of depression and suicide. And I was institutionalized a couple of times during that period of time for suicide ideation. So it was a hard road. My goodness. My heart just breaks for you. No one should ever have to face such trauma and fear or emotional suffering. You know, it's just amazing how you're sharing your story from a place of healing now and and a desire to connect to others who have faced similar things. You just want them to know that there's hope and that they too can get to the other side of this pain. Boy, that still was a pretty intense journey for you, even once you knew why. Yes, and it wasn't an immediate healing. And I didn't immediately come to a place like, oh, I'm, I'm free now. No, right. it was still a long road because that was at 27 and I didn't really get off all those medications and things until I was, hmm, I can't even remember. I know it was in 2012 wow. <laughs> Not that I started getting off of them and it took a couple of years, but um, my psychiatrist was completely on board with me getting off of them, she, I didn't just like go ahead and just dump the whole works because you go through withdrawal and it's terrible. 
No, I went through my psychiatrist and she was like on board with it and very excited to move ahead with me on getting me off those medications because she could see just by talking to me that my perspective had changed. Mm. So she was one of those individuals in your life that began to see your value and wanted to invest into your potential and help you heal. Oh, she was so fun. She got really, really excited. <laughs> Were there other individuals yeah. that really invested into you that purpose to cause you to see how valuable you truly were? Well, there were people along the way, like, you know, just a teacher here or somebody who went to my church there. Just there were different people along the way that kind of helped me through some of the um, more destructive phases. Mm. So I went through a period when I was in high school where I kept running away. And, um, you know, my perspective on my value was so poor that I even seriously considered going into prostitution. Wow. And so there was somebody who was right there at that time who helped me to not take that path. But if that person hadn't been there, I very well could have taken that path. And instead of becoming married and um, having my children and growing and progressing, I would have gone a totally different direction. That's powerful. It just shows how if each of us would be willing to see the worth in another human being, we could be a part of their healing process and even protect them at those crossroads of their decision-making in life. It can just be a small investment in that person. It doesn't have to be like, I'm spending tons of time with them or anything. It was just a conversation here or a conversation there. It just a small investment to get um, my thinking in a better direction mm. to help me make a better decision because I was so hurting inside and so self-destructive that I couldn't make good decisions for myself. So every voice of validation, every word of truth, everything that someone did to show you that you were worth their investment, all of those put together were a part of your healing. Yep. And you had professionals yep. and you just had regular people caring enough to speak into your life, even in the most difficult times of your life. Yes. But one of the key things I think is being willing to ask mm. for help when you're hurting. And that can be very difficult because we, when we're really hurting, the thing we want to do the most is withdraw yeah. and we want to hide it. And you have to be willing to ask for help and you have to be willing to hear what the person is saying. But truth speaks to our heart so profoundly that when you hear truth, there's something inside of you that grabs it. Yes. And that's the thing that helps you overcome. So true. Joy, you know, I know we're all a work in process. I mean, I know I am. And so I'm sure that's the same in your life as well. And it increases throughout our lifetime. So with that healing that you have received, how are you generating value in your world? How do you show others in the midst of their difficult seasons of life? How do you show them that they are truly valuable? Well, I cultivate relationships. I love people and I make sure that they know it. I am like to the point where I'm kind of nosy. <laughs> so I ask people lots of questions about who they are and what their life is like. And um, I share with them openly and honestly about myself. I don't try to make people think that I love them. 
I love them. Yeah. And they know it. They know it. I just this uh, last, in the last couple of weeks, I had a gal come up to me at work and she told me I was in the hospital just last week because I tried to kill myself. And when I came to work, they asked me here who I trusted and your name came up. And she said, I trust you and I will talk to you. So I make sure, and I developed a relationship with this gal. I was her supervisor and stuff. And I had been working with just, she was from another country and I'm just befriending her. And she's a little bit of an odd duck. So she doesn't necessarily make friends easily. And I just made sure that she knew that I cared about her just by casual conversation every day and just that touch. And when it came to the bottom line, yep, she and she, I'm making sure that I connect with her. How are you? And, you know, she's keeping the, do- the door open, letting me speak into her life and help her. That is powerful. It's unique that you use the word odd duck because <laughs> we don't always know why someone does what they do and why they react the way they do. But there's always a reason, isn't there? Yes. And if we can touch and I, why, they can be healed as well. Yes. And we don't want to disqualify anybody because we don't know their story. That's exactly right. I'm so grateful that you're one that cares enough to find out someone's story and to make that investment and to genuinely love them, even if they are, quote unquote, a nod duck. Um, Joy, before, <laughs> we, before we close, is there anything that you would like to tell our audience that is upon your heart that you want to share with them specifically? Huh? This is going to sound so trite, but I want people to know that no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what's been done to you, God loves you. He loves you. You are not too far out of his reach. It is never too late, and you can be restored. That is beautiful. I can tell, Joy, you are a woman of faith, and that faith helped you process through to find your healing and be a vessel to help others heal as well. Thank you so much for being a part of my story. Well, thank you so much for having me and giving me the opportunity. I appreciate you, Melody. You're a wonderful person. And you too, <laughs> And anybody Joy. who knows you knows it. <laughs> and you too, Joy. Thank you so much. Yep, thank you. I want to thank you for listening and encourage you to become a part of the Stop Devaluation Movement. Be sure to like and follow hashtag Stop Devaluation on social media, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and visit StopDevaluation.com for more information and free resources. You can help spread the movement by sharing with others, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, and most of all, by living a courageous lifestyle of using your power for good. Go out and value someone today. Your life matters and you can make the world a better place. One word, one choice, one action of validation at a time.